Hey, thanks for joining us for the Life Church podcast. We hope you are encouraged, challenged, and most of all, we hope it brings you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Faces. Hey, again, if you're watching online, thanks for being here. As you can see, we have some people out this week, and some people are evacuated as well. And uh, so I was happy to do worship and, and everything else. It was fun because I haven't done that in a long time. And uh, thank you, worship team, for sticking with me through, through that. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in the Old Testament, chapter 8 of Nehemiah. Chapter 8 of Nehemiah. Uh, if you don't know where that's at, uh, table of contents, one of the first, second pages in your Bible. It'll get you there, Old Testament, right after Ezra. Um, so I don't know about you guys, but uh, this year is continuing to jack everything up, right? Every time we turn around. I mean, our house still doesn't have power. I don't know if anybody else is in that same position, but our house is still without power. We've got a generator hooked up, but uh, I thought we were done with the hurricane stuff. The, the, the last two hurricanes have really got the cold water moving in the Gulf, so we should be fine. Boom, here comes Delta. You know, Delta's done. Like, we should be good. It's October. We got one out, you know, off of the coast of, who knows, Kalamazoo. I don't know. Does Kalamazoo have a coast? I don't know. Maybe not. But it's like every time we turn around, something new is happening. Um, if you're keeping up with politics, that's a circus, right? Every time we turn around, it's something new, some crazy things happening there, uh, some new scandal or some new gaffe that we're making fun of. And, and then we have the hurricanes. We have protests and riots. We've got just so much chaos in the world. And... I know a lot of us have shared these memes online, but like, hey, can we be done with 2020 and just move on, you know? Uh, I remember a lot of pastors last year were talking about, you know, their theme would be 2020 vision. Ain't nobody saw this coming, okay? <laughs> nobody. Hindsight's 2020, right? But, you know, it's like, hey, we're, we're believing for a 2020 vision. I don't want to see what's coming next. No, take, take it off. I don't want to see anything else, you know? But it's been, it's been wild. And, you know, I see a guy came in this morning, didn't want to stay for service, and that's totally fine. But he was from Louisiana, lost everything, and just wanted food, just something warm to eat. So we got him some breakfast. And, and we, we hooked him up, and we blessed him, and he's on his way with the sun. You know, it's like there are people all around us who are struggling with life right now. And we share memes that we're ready to move on and, and I know that's, that's kind of the, the joke, but there's a lot happening this year that um, I want to propose this morning that maybe we can look at it a little bit differently than maybe what we have been. Because it's been rough, and it's, it's no joking about that. It's been rough. People have lost loved ones. you got the pandemic where people, uh, you know, a church lost half its members uh, to pandemic. Uh, they died from COVID. And you got hurricanes. You've got... All this different stuff happening, and it's been a really, really rough year. And, and to say anything different is just not fair, but it's been rough. Um, but I, I want to go into Nehemiah because I want to read uh, the very end of this little section here and kind of go off of that as my springboard this morning. Uh, but before I do that, I want to pray over you guys uh, one more time just because it's always good to pray. Uh, but Jesus, I come to you this morning, Lord, and I ask that you... Soften our hearts uh, and make us aware of what concerns you. Let our eyes and our ears be open to what you want us to see and hear 
God, so that we can be your hands and feet, so that we can be a voice of reason, a voice of hope for the world that is full of chaos. That, Lord, we don't let our situations wreck us, God, because we're totally devoted to you, and we know that your kingdom is not shaken. And so I thank you for giving us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind and not a spirit of fear. And we operate and we declare that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So God's people's acting crazy in Scripture. Surprise, right? Right? Old Testament's all about blessing and then acting stupid. Blessing and acting stupid. God providing the way. He's a way maker, rain maker, whatever that song says. You know, he's the, he's the guy, right? So Nehemiah, he's a, he's a really cool guy. Really great book. If you get a chance to go and read Nehemiah, go from the very first to the very end. It's very, very good. Uh, but I want to jump at chapter 8, verse 8. And uh, because they haven't been living up to God's standard, uh, they, they're trying to restore things. And so here's in verse 8. It says, um, They read from the book of the law of God and clearly explained the meaning of what was being read, helping the people understand each passage. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who were interpreting for the people said to them, Don't mourn or weep on such a day as this. Now, let me back up. They were mourning and weeping because they realized we've been living below God's standard. We've been doing things that aren't good. They're not lining up with His words. They're hearing this, and it's just wrecking them. They're like, oh my gosh, what have we been doing? Why have we been living like this? Why have we been making these decisions? So it says, don't mourn or weep on such a day as this, for today is a sacred day before the Lord your God. For the people had all been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. And in verse 10, Nehemiah continued, Go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Let's stop there. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Uh, Right now, that's probably something we need now more than ever, right? The joy of the Lord. Because a lot of us are tired We're tired of seeing the damage. We're tired of seeing the chaos. We're tired of trying to figure out what the next step is. We're exhausted. We're not sleeping well. We're not eating well. And right now, the thing that we need more than ever is the joy of the Lord in our hearts. And when that's there, what flows out of us, guys, doesn't just affect us. It it, it literally will change the atmosphere in a room. When you let the joy of the Lord come out of you in what you say and what you do. Because it's real easy to spot someone who's operating and walking in the joy of the Lord and who's not. Hurricane hits, responses tell you where you are. It's like Michael Jackson said, start with the man in the mirror, right? What's my response right now with what I'm seeing? That's a good indication, a temperature of where my heart is with Jesus. Do I have the joy of the Lord in my heart, or have I allowed situations and things to come in, no matter how bad they are, and trust me, I've waded through waters in Harvey. I have been in high winds and hurricanes. I've seen it. No matter what life throws at you, we cannot let the situation determine how we act. We cannot let our situation dictate our attitude. We cannot let the situation even control our emotions because our emotions can lie to us too. And if we get caught up in how we feel, we're going to make some, some careless decisions. And... Um, and we're going to end up being just like these guys here who have been living below God's standard. And then all of a sudden we hear the word of the Lord spoken to us and we, we break down because we realize, hey, we have not been living the way God has called us to live. We've not been operating the way God has called us to operate. 
So uh, I looked up joy in the dictionary just because I want to know what does the dictionary say joy is, the joy of the Lord. What is, what is joy? The first thing it says is an emotion of great delight or happiness caused by something exceptionally good or satisfying. It's an emotion. But the second one says it's the source of pleasure and delight. And I think we can say that's who God is. He's the source. You don't have the joy of the Lord without the Lord. Now, I'm not going to get real preachy this morning just because I don't want to. Uh, But if you don't have Jesus, I'm going to tell you right now, you can't have the joy, you can't have the peace, you can't have the comfort that you need to have in the middle of a storm. He slept on the boat. When the winds and waves are going crazy and the disciples are like freaking out, what are we doing? Jesus had this thing inside of him that says, I know who my source is. So it doesn't matter how tall the waves are, I know my source. So when it comes, it's all good. I'm going to take a nap. Y'all freak out. I'm taking a nap. Okay? People that can sleep through rainstorm, I don't know how you do it. I, I, thunder hits, I'm up. I'm like, huh? Is the tree falling? What's, what's happening? You know? I'm going to go back to sleep. Uh, what was that, you know? That's me. Uh, but I'll tell you what, uh, even last night, even with the hurricane coming through, we stayed in the house when the hurricane was coming through. It was a peace. I slept, I slept pretty good. I wasn't worried. I, I just had to trust God. If the tree falls through my house and kills me, okay, that's going to be sad for you guys, but I'm good, okay? I'm good, you know? It's this, understanding the source of, of pleasure and delight is God. If you're miserable right now, where, where is that source at in your life? When stuff hits the fan, where's, where, where's that source of delight and pleasure in your life? If anything takes the place of that in your life, guess where you are? You're in idol worship. You've allowed something else to take the place of God, and now you are an idolater. Whoa, man, come on, man. Look, we just had a hurricane. Chill out, all that stuff. No, I'm serious. That's where you are. You've now allowed something else to be your source of strength and hope and provision that's not God, and you have fallen into idol worship. Because you can only worship one or the other, right? You can't do both. So we have to find that source. God's people were living below, and they were, they were weeping hearing this stuff. But he says, don't be sad that you have heard this and you realize you're not, you're not there. Celebrate, because now you know. Now you know what God wants from you and desires of you. Now you can start living in that. Celebrate that, because the joy of the Lord is going to be your strength to get you through, to get you to the place where you're growing and excelling and, and, and learning new revelation, new revelation, new revelation. God's the source. God's the source. Like these little kids, when they get a shoebox and they're happy about that, that's God providing a blessing. He's the source of delight and pleasure and happiness. The scripture said that all good things come from God. All good things come from God. A, a philosopher said, don't worry, be happy. Right? God's good. And and what's awesome about this, there was Ezra, there was Nehemiah, the Levites helping with worship. All these people together were being used by God to bring encouragement to people who had lost their way, who were missing the mark. You know, church, that should be a picture of who we are. 
that there are people who are missing the mark. And listen, we can chastise and we can yell at them and condemn them and call them all kinds of names. But guess what? It doesn't move them closer to God. It just reaffirms the narrative the world puts out. that The church are hypocrites, that there is no God. And if he is there, he doesn't like you because obviously your life is terrible. And then one event happens. It takes one time for the church to act the opposite of what we're seeing Nehemiah and Ezra and the Levites do. One time. And that confirms that narrative in their minds. We don't get an off day of being hopeful people. We don't get to say, oh, well, I'm not going to be a, a, a disciple maker today. I just need a break. You know, trying to get my house back together. I can't, I can't invest in somebody. There's no day off of being a follower of Jesus. There's no day off of being a, a source of hope and inspiration and encouragement for people. If anything, you press in even more. Take out some trash of your house, encourage your neighbor. Tell you what, after Hurricane Harvey, or Harvey came through, uh, we, my neighborhood, we got closer than we have ever been. Ever been. Because we realized that even if there's tragedy, there's chaos, there's damage, we're still here. We still got air in our lungs. We can still move. We can still, and we help each other and we grow. Just yesterday... One of our neighbors, next door neighbor, she's elderly, she's a widow. I'm sorry if she sees this. You're seasoned, okay? She got on to me because she thought I called her elderly the other day, and I did not call her elderly. She's seasoned, uh, but she's a widow, and she lives by herself. Very sweet lady. My kids love her. She's great in the neighborhood. Well, yesterday, uh, Brittany called me, and I was away, and she said, hey, uh, she's, her name is Judy. She's not answering. She's not coming out. 10 o'clock. She's usually out by now. We've knocked. We've Knocked on the back door, the front door. Her garage isn't open. It won't open. Something's, something's up. This is uncharacteristic. Now, before Harvey, this probably wouldn't have happened like this, where we were just deeply intertwined in each other's life. We, we, we were nice. We, we hung out, but, I mean, it's, it's just different. And so, anyway, we had to call the police for a wellness check and everything else and kind of find out she just woke up at 4 o'clock in the morning, couldn't sleep well, and was just sleeping in. But she was so overwhelmed by the love and encouragement that the neighborhood had for her, it, it blew her away. In times like this, we have to have each other. We have to have each other. The joy of the Lord for these people here in Nehemiah was found in the road to restoration. And sometimes for us, it's the same way. Sometimes to get the joy of the Lord, we have to get back on the road of restoration and get back to who God's designed us to be. Like we've been talking about with Reset, resetting ourselves so we can be the original design that God had for us as an individual, as a church, and we find the joy of the Lord there. But I'm going to tell you this right now. Uh, I don't want to hear anybody else talk about how you're ready for 2020 to go away, and here's why. Because if we're going to have joy and, and, and have the strength that we need to get through stuff like this, we can't talk like that, and here's why. Because every day is a day that, that God has made. And the word says to rejoice and be glad in it. Even with the bad stuff, rejoice and be glad in it. Because God's made that day and he has entrusted us with time. And we're to be good stewards of that time. Even if the time is not a good time to walk through. But here's, here's why. There's going to be difficulties in life. Sometimes they're our fault. They're someone else's fault. Or they're just life. But they're not going away. But in James chapter 1, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Here we are again. For you know that when your faith is tested, 
your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete and needing nothing. Talking about spiritual maturity here. Let your faith grow. When the stuff hits the fan, that's a chance to grow. It's a chance for you to lean into that joy that the Lord provides, that only He can provide, that gives you the strength to make it through it. Because Lord knows if you don't have that, it's not fun, and you want to give up. You want to walk away and go right back to who you were and say, you know what, forget all the stuff about faith and everything else because I'm just tired. I'm tired of all the mess. I'm tired of all the chaos. I'm just tired. But when we have the joy of the Lord in us, we can say, you know what, I am tired, but in my weakness I find strength because I have the joy of the Lord in my heart. And I know he's going to carry me to the next step and to the next step and the next step. And that carrying may look like your neighbor. It may look like somebody in this row next to you in in church this morning that's saying, hey, let me help you. Let's figure this out together. Let's go. I got you. Let's go. God designed this to be a community where we're doing life together and especially in the bad times. So don't look at 2020 as saying, man, this year is terrible I'm ready for it to be over with. I want you to stop and think for a second. What have I learned through these storms? What have I learned through a government-imposed shutdown because of a pandemic? What has that taught me about myself? What What do mask mandates teach me about my heart right now? Yeah, I'm getting a little... No, Mark's not a smart. It's, it's hard to hear. I know. I know. Lord bless him. Lord bless him. I'm ready for the year to be over. Why? What'd you do with the year? We're almost over. What have you done with 2020? What lives have been impacted because of your life in 2020? Is your neighborhood better today than it was in January? Is your workplace better today than it was in January? How about your marriage? No, we're going to talk about marriage. How about your kids? Nope. Okay. Well, how about just you? Are you better today than you were in January? Because if you're you're not, then here's, here's what's happening. You're not taking advantage of the gift that God gives you to have the, the opportunity to, to tap into joy when troubles come your way. God's not sending the troubles. It's probably your fault or your neighbor's fault or just life. But regardless, God is still good, and he wants you to be a joyful person. Not just happy. Happy is good. But to have a joy that says, I just don't care how bad it gets because i got a good God. And if all of it goes away, it's still enough. It's still enough. And I know that's easy to say until you lose it all. But if you don't make that decision now, when you lose it all, you'll never make that decision. You can't wait until you're in the situation to say, yeah, I, this is how I'm going to be. I'm going to be joyful for the Lord. No, you ain't. No, you ain't. You're going to say, I don't understand why this stuff keeps happening to me. I don't understand. My life is terrible. Nobody likes me. Lost my job. Lost my kids. Lost my house. Lost the bicycle I got after the storm. Somebody stole that too. Everything bad just keeps happening. What am I doing wrong? 
You might not be doing anything wrong. It may just be life. Because the Bible never says that you're free from hardships. The Bible says you're never free from trials and tribulations. As a matter of fact, they expect those things to happen. Expect the bad stuff to happen because it's just life. We got an enemy, too, that wants to kill, steal, and destroy. Don't be ignorant to that. There's an enemy that wants to destroy your life. And so if it just takes a little bit of doubt to say, see, look, God don't like you. He don't like you. Boom, next shoe falls. Next bad thing happens. See, I told you. All those things you did 20 years ago, guess what? Here they are. Here they are. You gave your mama so much problems. Now look at this kid you got. That ain't the Lord saying that to you, okay? Not today, Satan. Get back from me. It's just life. It's just bad things. But in those moments, we have a joy and a strength, guys. We can lean into God and say, look, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Even my friends aren't being what I need right now. And maybe because they don't know that you need them the way you think you need them. Sometimes we have expectations. Rabbit trail. Rabbit trail, Mario. We have expectations in our heads of people, but sometimes we never express those expectations to people. And so when they don't meet the expectations, we get mad at them. They're like, why are you mad at me? I'm like, I don't know why I'm mad at you, but why are you mad? I don't know. Friendships break up, and it's just a bad deal. Communicate. Hey, I'm, I'm struggling. I need help. This year has been hard for me, and I'm struggling being a joyful person right now. Okay, great. We can, we can handle that. Honesty is a good key to any healthy relationship, especially to, to God. But we're not excluded from difficulties. So this year, this year, we've got three months left. I want you to think about, because this isn't the last bad thing we're going to go through as a community, I'm sure. Will be the last hardship you have before December 31st. I want you to think about when, when the next time something happens, prepare yourself now to have a response that looks like the kingdom of God. It says, it doesn't matter. I'm not ignoring the problem, but the problem does no, no longer dictates my emotions, my thought life. I'm a child of God. I have no fear, right? We just sang it. We just declared it. You clap for it. Now I need you to walk in that. I'm no longer a slave to fear because I'm a child of God and I have a good father who has good things for me, who loves me and wants me to be a joyful person and wants me to grow and mature in my faith so that I can not only uh, uh, be a disciple maker for those around me, but I can help influence a community in, in a workplace, in a school district. The circle doesn't change. Our, it, it just continues to grow. As we grow in our maturity, our circle grows and our influence grows because we're replicating ourselves. We're making disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. What's the vision of the church? That's it. Go and make disciples. Open your home up. Be joyful. Help others learn how to find that joy. And if there's just two things I can give you to get you to that place where you're finding that joy, this is free of charge, Mario. Two things. Pray and read the Word. If you do nothing else, just start with that. Just pray and just get in the Word. And if you need help figuring out where do I start, I don't even know how to open the Bible. I got this old King James. I can't understand half the words in there. We'll help you out. We got Bibles in the back. You can take one take it home with you. 
But if you, if you have no other place to start, just start there. Just talk to God like you talk to your best friend and get in the Word. And what He's going to do, He's going to reveal some things to you. He's going to help change your heart, transform you so that you can be who you need to be, who He designed you to be. One of the things I, I know for sure, looking at James, he says that for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. What an honor and a blessing it is to be able to see life from God's perspective. That the God of the universe wants you to be able to see what he sees. He wants you to have the same perspective so that you can, you can really en- enjoy and, and embrace the life that, he's offer- that he offers, this abundant life that he offers. Last thing I want to say is this as I wrap up. Endurance is not passive. It's active. It's choosing to be steadfast regardless of the situation. And to have good endurance, to have that endurance that that keeps you going, that perseverance that keeps you going, it only comes from the source of, of delight, of happiness, of pleasure, and that is God. There's no other source that will give you the true joy that you need in your heart to not be affected by life's craziness. It only comes from God. No other source. No other source. So I want to challenge you this week. The rest of this month, as some of you are cleaning up your house, and some of you are helping your neighbor clean up, be encouraging. Be hopeful. You carry the gospel message in you. Let that come out. It's a message of hope. Be joyful. Choose happiness. Choose gratefulness that it could have been worse. Thank you, God, for the provision that you did give me. Choose Jesus. And when you choose him, every time, you're going to be exactly where you need to be. And the things that will come out of your mouth will even surprise you. You'll be like, oh, Lord, you got to write this down. This is good stuff. That's how the Holy Spirit works. We get out of the way and we let him do his thing, and it's beautiful. And it changes lives. It changes lives. Would y'all stand with me this morning? I'm going to close up in prayer. Again, thank you, worship team. You guys helped me out this morning. Y'all did great. John Boy, you the man. You the man. Listen, I love you guys, and I hope that if, if you've been in a place these last couple of weeks where you've just been discouraged and down, I want you to know that God, he hasn't forgotten you. He sees you. He sees your pain. He sees your frustration. He sees your struggle. He loves you through it all. And he wants you to be encouraged and be joyful this morning. And Father, I pray today that that every single family in this room, every family online that's watching God, they understand and recognize how good you really are. And Lord, help us all not to lose sight of the provision, the blessings that you do give us each and every day. You're so good. You're so good. Lord, I pray if there's someone that needs a physical touch from you this morning, a healing of some sort, Father God, just let it fall right now on their bodies. Let them receive that right now in the name of Jesus. And for the souls who don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I pray, Holy Spirit, you just wrap them up today. Right now in this moment, let them feel your loving embrace. Lord God, thank you for loving us so well. And I pray that as we leave here, God, we're leaving with our heads held high because we have the joy of the Lord in our hearts. And that when we speak, we speak life. 
We speak encouragement. We speak hope. Thank you, Lord, for putting that in us, for sticking with us, for being our friend, for being our father. And I pray this in Jesus' name this morning. Everybody said amen. Thank you guys for being here this morning. We love y'all. If you need anything, let us know. Don't forget to visit the Operation Christmas shoe box outside. We'll see you next week. God bless you.